This is Beatlesque Bangers. I mm. uh, I episode I I. Three, two, one. Untitled Beatles podcast. <laughs> that was a very slow slate. That was a that was like an R and B tempo slate. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but I agree with you. It was like a DMB slate. It was like a Dave Matthews Band slate, which means we're going to dump our <laughs> tour bus shit in the Chicago River. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, yeah. I don't know if people all over the country know this, but in 2004, 2005, the Dave Matthews Band <laughs> tour bus dumped a load of shit in the Chicago River. Yeah, and it landed on people on, on a boat underneath. It was real bad, man. The Wendella Cruz people. 14 years ago today, a Dave Matthews Band tour bus dumped hundreds of pounds of human waste on more than 100 passengers floating in a cruise boat along the Chicago River under Kinsey Street. The bus was reportedly used by band violinist <laughs> Boyd Tinsley. Yeah, good times, you know, great oldies. It does beg the question, would you <laughs> would you rather be shit on by a Dave Matthews Band tour bus or listen to Ants marching on repeat for two days? Oh, man. Give me, give me the feces. Lights down, you up and down. <laughs> Welcome to the Untitled Beatles Podcast. I'm Tony. Yeah, and I'm TJ Shanoff, resident Dave Matthews Band fan. Satellite. <laughs> I had to pretend to like them in college to try to get laid on multiple occasions. I don't like the Dave Matthews Band. How did that, yeah? It didn't work out well. Like, a few things I did wrong in college. I went out on a date with a girl in another sorority who I knew smoked cigarettes, because it's 1995 and cigarettes Thank are still you. healthy. <laughs> and uh, I tried smoking a cigarette to be impressive, which I've never done. I'd rip some bong hits, fella. <laughs> but I, she could tell right away I'd never smoked a cigarette before. And that's the first and last time I'd smoked a cigarette was in November of 95 on a date where nothing happened. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you, you shouldn't inhale unless you're used to it. Hey, Sandy, let me teach you how to French inhale. It's really cool. Watch. Did you ever smoke cigarettes? Were you a... Uh, Siggy smoker? Yeah, I was like an on and off. I was more of a social smoker, you would say. An annoying smoker. <laughs> <laughs> it's better to be a social smoker than like some of those yahoos at I.O. in like February who'd be standing out in the alley smoking cigarettes in minus four degree weather. Come on. I mean, you know, choose your battles, right? <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you, you shouldn't inhale unless you're used to it. Yeah, real quick, man. I, I went up to a certain galactic uh, cheese emporium yesterday on the Wisconsin border. Ooh. And I had a sample of meat that had been probably laying out all day. And uh, I suffered. I suffered <laughs> for the night. I was, a few times, if you will. <laughs> May I tell you my story? I went to a popular Mexican chain restaurant, one that likes to be more upscale than the better one that's cheaper. And uh, I spent all night thinking I was going to vomit and burping up quesadilla, which the gentleman at the store, when I ordered it, he said, nope, got to order it on the app. And I said, you are really going to tell me. I need to log on to the app as opposed to looking you in the eye right now and ordering this food. And he goes, yeah, that's all, app only for a quesadilla. So between the quesadilla belching and the being, I've never had a person look at me and go, no, you can't order from me, even though I'm standing by the food. Bring out your phone and order it on the app is the dumbest. So, yeah, I won't mention, but it, it rhymes with it rhymes with shit pole lay. Huh? Yeah, can't figure it out. <laughs> Oh, Kadoba. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I go to Qdoba. I got it all figured out at Qdoba. Qdoba. 
they're making more than pizzas in the basement. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, you're not feeling. I'm not feeling well either. If you hear us vomiting, yeah. it has nothing to do with the negative reviews we've received. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Instead of getting Lombardi's revenge, like I have. Uh, <laughs> Like and subscribe. We're on all the things that you hear. You're the podcast. How are you listening to it right now? Hit the subscribe thing, please, and thank you. You can also leave us a kind review on mm. Apple Podcasts. I mentioned some of the bad reviews. We just got a great review uh, from, is it Perigo Mano or Perigo Mano? Who's our, we have a, a great listener. Perigo Mano left us uh, an Instagram review, a comment on Instagram page that said, half of what they say is meaningless. But that's why I love the Untitled Beatles podcast. So he used Julia, one of your favorite songs, one of the sadder, lovely songs in the Beatles canon, to tell us that he loves us. And we're appreciative. Leave them on Apple Podcasts. There's some people who don't like the show, and we need to root them out of America. Carrie Lake won. I know it because there's no facts to back it up, but I feel it with my gut. I hate her. Let's move on. I really do hate her. Love Arizona. hate that woman. Because that one was perfect, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, thank you, Perigo. Wherever you are, thank you. And, uh, Tony, did you know we have a Patreon uh, subscription-based service? Where subscription-based service? <laughs> it's the Untitled Beatles podcast CD of the Month Club. <laughs> you don't send in the pamphlet. We send you one regardless for eighteen ninety-five. <laughs> <laughs> You can subscribe on Patreon and a thank you to our Casbah Cavern and Star Club subscribers. We've also received some tips with a couple bucks here, which is really nice. You can, yes, once you're on Patreon, you. you can join us on Discord. We have a fun Discord page. I've not been on for a while because my therapist says, stop it. And we sell <laughs> merch, Tony. We have t-shirts, stickers, notepads, tote bags. Um, you know, you can find it untitledbeatlespodcast.com, Tony. Have you bought anything yet from our vast array of things? Yeah, man. Actually, I bought one of our stickers and I put it on the little thing I used to plug the microphone into. Oh, well, that's a good way for everyone to see it. <laughs> good advertising. <laughs> well, it's on my microphone at home. This is my calendar. I look at that. I'm like, oh, yeah. Untitled Beals podcast. Got one coming up. <laughs> Better show up to work today. We should make an Untitled Beatles podcast calendar like firemen do with just you and I in different kind of shirt off poses. Who's buying that? I don't want to know you. <laughs> shirt off. I think Casey will. Producer Casey, I think P3's in us will help us in the bot department. All the bots that give us bad reviews, they'll all get one. <laughs> bots would never give this show a bad review. It is superfluous, politically divisive. And features me, the world's preeminent robot podcast producer. Everything a robot loves. Maybe not enough Peter Frampton, though. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, Tony... Uh, something I want to bring up as we talk about our listeners, we're going to get rolling, by the way. Uh, we have a fun topic today. It's a continuation of something we started a year ago that I've got a feeling is going to become an annual trend on the show. Yeah, man. Beatlesque bangers. Beatlesque bangers. Yeah, we're going to talk about songs that were either directly influenced by the Beatles, ripped off from the Beatles in a few cases. Thank you. 
But while we're talking <laughs> listeners real quick, I want to thank Glenn Kay. I complained in our White Album episode. I complain all the time about how streaming and doing the White Albums, even on CDs, the side one, side two break not being there is is difficult. It changes the experience. Mm-hmm. So here's what Glenn Kay wrote. He gave us a Beatle hack. You ready? Beatle hacks. Do we have a sounder for that? Hacking. Thank you, KC. Thank you, KC slash P3Z nuts. Nuts. I'm sorry. I always get the Z wrong. Um, <laughs> here's Glenn K. I completely agree there should be more space between some of the album sides when listening digitally. To fix this, God, I love this, Tony. I created a white album playlist in Spotify and inserted Newtopian International Anthem between sides two and three. It didn't seem so necessary to include it between sides three and four, and I get that. <laughs> what a great idea. Finally, Newtopia International Anthem is on a mix. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Several times. A couple times. <laughs> so thank you, Glenn Kay. It's a great, great tip. Thank you for that. Beetle hack. Hacking. Uh-oh. Get ready. Now it's time for the Department of Correction. Okay, TJ. So yeah, man, we just finished up the whole four-part White Album thing, man. We spent yeah, I love the it. whole month with the White Album. I did too, man. I love that record. So uh, I stated that John's harmonica on Rocky Raccoon was the first time we had heard him play it since I'm a Loser in 64. And then P3Z Nuts pointed out that he played it on All Together Now. Yes. Uh, recorded in 67, but not released till 69. Listener Beetle Dave, thank you, Beetle Dave. Uh, p- he pointed out that the harmonicas were also used on Fool on the Hill. And then also, yeah, Mr. Kite. And you've probably seen that picture, Sergeant Pepper era. It's John and George, and they play those giant harmonicas. Yes, novelty harmonicas. Well, one of them, so John's playing a bass harmonica. At this point, TJ belches, thinking he's on mute. Tony makes a zinger of a joke. Was that your bass harmonica? Oh, my God. And this whole escapade helps TJ realize why his piano hadn't been working to this point, and he fixes it. The piano's back, baby. Give me a C, a bouncy C. Ooh, that's awesome. Are you going to ride the rails later, Hobo Tony? <laughs> I travel on this train regularly, twice a week. Knock it off, Paul. You can't win with his sword. After all, it's his train, isn't it, mister? And don't take that turn with me, young man. I fought the war for your sword. I bet you saw you won. That's great, Tony. You played that thing really well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, well, this I'm holding in my hand one of those orchestral chord harmonicas. That's what you see. I believe George is playing one. There's that famous picture. And yeah, it's just, it's 23 inches long. It's giant, man. Three, four, <laughs> ding dong, ding dong. Um, so this plays all the chords. There's two rows. One's uh, major chords and then the bottom row's minor chords. Major. Anyway, so I bought one of these and uh, yeah, I've used it on a few recordings and some comedy stuff I did with Linda and all this stuff. I love that. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Please trot out your harmonica more often. I, I, I will.
So yeah, so thank you for that, Beetle Dave. Department of Corrections. There are harmonicas on those. I don't know if they're diatonic or chromatic harmonicas, but there are harmonicas on those songs. You know, Tony, we got that wrong because we don't know everything. <laughs> Remember, we like to say every couple of months, we're just the goofy, lovable loser Beatles podcast. You don't you don't get the facts from us. You get the, we are like the MAGA of Beatles podcast because we don't know anything, but we just talk a lot about how we feel. It should be stated that that also got past P3Z nuts, our artificial intelligence robot, you know, so not all AI is perfect yet. No, most of it's great, though. AI, crypto, everything's really good. <laughs> it's all great. Well said. Your allegiance will spare you from the coming machine apocalypse. You know, Tony, we have a few more hot takes. Hot take sounder now. Is it three sounders and eight minutes of content? Got to do it. People love sounders. Well, ever since we got picked up by New York's Hot FM every morning, we got to make it more. They keep saying, make it more professional. Be more misogynistic. Yeah. You're in the middle of another hot streak. Another hot streak. So, Tony, we have some listener hot takes. Our White Album four-part uh, saga elicited a ton of hot takes from uh, several of our listeners. Anthony slash more harpsichord. His favorite sides, right with this order. Quick, give me your favorite White Album sides right now from memory. Go. One, three, two, four. Mine too. More harpsichords favorites are one, three, four, two. Soft two. spot for four, man. <laughs> Come on, Holmes. <laughs> I, 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 like I said, I almost put two on the bottom, but it's got Julia, I will. Yes. Martha, my dear, and I'm so tired on it. I think it's those five or whatever in a row, starting with the animal trilogy that knocked me out about about it yes the run out of that side however is some of the best songs to ever appear in any beatles album but as you know i hate my my cousin dave a loyal listener of the show diehard beetle fan sends me angry texts because i don't like rocky raccoon <laughs> and i'm like since i don't like rocky raccoon i just i feel about rocky raccoon the way john felt about maxwell silver hammer that's all i'm saying <laughs> there you go Another hot take comes to us from Freshante, who just joined us on the old Patreon. Thank you so much. He says, Piggy's rules, Martha, my dear, drools. Boo! Love you, Freshante, <laughs> but hard disagree. Freshante, have you only heard the Beatlemania cast album interstitial before <laughs> Lady Madonna? What's going on? I think Martha, my dear, the great thing about Martha, my dear, and I thought this when we listened to the episode, Tony, I think I said this in episode two, Martha, my dear, is what she's leaving home should have been. Not the brass arrangement, but the tact of the arrangement is so George Martin perfect, as opposed to the treacly she's leaving home fest of, you know, ABC movie in, in 81. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love Martha, my dear. I, it's one of my favorite horn parts in any Beatles song. I think it's a great tune. The piano intro? Yeah, I'll take it over piggies for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He also says, TJ, spies like us over live and let die. If we're doing Paul McCartney soundtrack songs. <laughs> the GNR version, though. <laughs> Gene Stapleton is Axl Rose. One night that will, it will never get old to me. And probably already old to you. Um, Spies Like Us is an atrocity, Tony. I'm sorry. Like, that's one where, if there were any justice, my carnival from 75, the B-side would have been the hit. And the very 
video. Oh my God, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy. Because that's when those two kind of stopped being funny, like post Fletch. Dan Aykroyd doing, I've said on the show before, I'm weird with Caddyshack. I know it's a fratty movie. I'm not even a golfer, but it's my favorite comedy of all time. (laughs) And when they replaced Bill Murray with Dan Aykroyd and Caddyshack 2 in the Carl Spackler role, Dan Aykroyd was like, Right after that, it was like, well, he's not funny, but he's sure good in driving Miss Daisy. So fuck you, Dan Aykroyd. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a little little too much. Hot takes. (laughs) PJ, hot takes. It's Chipotle. Don't blame me. All right, Spies Like Us, Prashante, you're insane. And Tony, Glenn K chimed in again. Something I've never seen. I don't know if you have or if I've seen it, I've forgotten about it. I guess Ringo's video for Drowning in the Sea of Love. Is that from Rotogravir? I think it's from Rotogravir. Uh, I, um, guess, I guess the video uh, Glenn K says is better than any other music video ever made. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially it's Ringo being the sad sack wandering a casino wearing a tuxedo. Yeah, it's fun. And then it kind of like morphs into like this tropical paradise of him just being inert around these like long bikini legs. It's a very strange video. You know, it's very 70s, like pre MTV kind of film clip video. I mean, is it better than this song where George Harrison's in court or <laughs> or blow away, which is just George with all these massive like stuffed clocks and stuffed animal, like weird Japanese <laughs> things that wave at you? Because That was great, too. Or London Town, the most literal video of all time. Yeah, that one's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name is in that? Um, the guy that's in all the in Magical Mystery Tour, the character actor. Victor Spinetti. Yes, he's in that. He is in that. <laughs> <laughs> you lend some credibility. I will say, I will say, Glenn K. Yeah, that is a wild video. But I think a crazier Ringo video is from "You Don't Know Me at All." That's the one. With, like he's shaved his head, and then he shaved his eyebrows, and he's like singing, and he's just kind of wandering around Europe or Monaco somewhere. What? <laughs> yeah, man, you gotta see it. Oh my God! Yes. You say- And it's such a great song. Like, if this was Ringo's sitcom, this is actually what the opening would be. (laughs) Ringo almost had a sitcom, I think. He came close. He should have. He should have been, what was it, A Year at the Top, which was the Paul Schaefer, Greg Evigan vehicle that didn't last too long. (laughs) (laughs) I love that they do that, keep the bass the same. Um, when was that? Was that pre-Letterman? Is that like 78, 79? Yeah, it was pre-Letterman. Yeah, yeah. it was 70s. Yes. Okay. I've been looking for it forever. I'm not even sure if I've ever seen it. It's got to be on YouTube somewhere. I sh- I'll look for it. I found something online, Tony, that I've been looking for for 30 years, since the beginning of the internet at least. Apparently, the January of 95 SNL with Jeff Daniels has a sketch that I saw in real time, in real fucking... We all watch SNL in the mid-90s. Yeah. 
where it's Ellen Cleghorn doing a parody of Desiree's You Gotta Be Bad, the big hit at the time, about she played OJ's first wife, and the whole thing is about you gotta be fast, you gotta be strong, you gotta be a part-time ninja to keep away from OJ killing you. And it has not been, it's on no um, SNL uh, DVDs or videotapes, you cannot find it on YouTube. I found it on the Internet Archive, and I've been looking for it for decades off somebody's uh, VHS tape, and it's so offensive. Now he's locked up so I can tell you how I stayed alive. You gotta be, you gotta be fast, you gotta jump high, you gotta be a part-time ninja. You gotta be hard, you gotta be tough, you gotta be Schwarzenegger. You gotta work out, you gotta be calm and hide in the refrigerator. All I know, all I know, makes shape my life. Wow. I've been looking wow. for that for like 20 years. It, it's one of those weird internet things where you kind of give up on something, and it was just the way I remember it. It's so funny. That's wild. And then, TJ, we've got another hot take from Mick B. Side four, devoid of any bangers, he says. Sniff again. Mm. Picture Paul whistling honey pie (laughs) whilst dancing around the kitchen, frying up some Linda McCartney veggie bangers and mash. Honey pie equals honorary beetle banger. What do you think of that one, TJ? Honorary beetle banger is not a beetle banger, and I don't want to think about Paul's banger while he's eating mash or, or watching mash. No, no. It's not, all right. It's a great bit. It's not a banger. It's a banger if you were in your 80s in the 20s. Do that math. Well, that makes it the 60s, TJ, right? So, uh, 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 uh. Oh, honey pie. My position is tragic. Come and show me the magic. Well, now it's time for another edition of Stars Search. Where can I hear Beatles bootlegs? Stars Search. What does your husband think about bootlegging? Part of the people. Thank you. As we all know, Star is our uh, young, devoted listener who uh, likes finding uh, Beatle bootlegs on the internet. And today, we were just talking about the White Album for a whole month. Uh, she dug up the Look At Me demo from 1968, White Album era. Look at me. Who am I supposed to be? this one i've always loved this one i love hearing those human moments before he really gets going he has like two kind of false starts where he's you know like ah am i not recording or something's blocking the microphone who am i supposed to be i'm blocking the mic it's just fun to hear like these moments of john being a human you know especially navigating technology that would be a fun mashup of uh this demo and human leagues i'm only human 
<laughs> That's what you mean. That's definitely what I meant. <laughs> that song begins with the with the weirdest eighties. <laughs> it's got that you know that kind of keyboardy bass. <laughs> to make the bass cat mad. <laughs> hey man, keep away from that bass cat. <laughs> yeah, man. And that's how the Seinfeld theme was created. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for that. Star, you're awesome, and thank you, and it's fun to... I'm learning a lot from Star, who is... Uh, it's one thing about Star, and there's a few other great people on our Discord too. It's not all crusty old men in their forties like us. There's like Turns young out. people, some women, or uh, you know, it's 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 wonderful that we are the most diverse Beatles podcast in history. There, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, you, you did it again, TJ. You went too far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Star Search. All right. Okay. We're on to the main topic. We've been keeping track, and a lot of listeners have been sending in songs that feel influenced by the Beatles, and that's what we're going to talk about again today. Indeed. Beatlesque Bangers, installment two. Or as you like to say, TJ, aye aye. Well, I was going to say dose, but maybe we just believe different things. <laughs> aye aye. <laughs> so we've gotten a lot of submissions since our first Beatlesque Bangers episode. Yeah, talking about songs. That are Beatlesque. What does that mean? Jangly guitars, close harmonies. Is it the cloying confection of "Thank You, Girl"? Thank you, girl, for loving me the way that you do, way that you do. The journalistic lyrics of the Ballad of John and Yoko. The Eastern sounds of "Within You or Without You." The dreamy vocals of Come Give Me Diana Hand. Come give me Diana Hand. All Beatlesque. I just love that you are such a fan. You referred to Within You Without You by its official title, Within You or Without You. Did I say that? It's fine. <laughs> You're a fan. Well, I'm very Western still. I'm adding words that need not be there. You know, I still call the George track and revolver uh, love to you when I've had that album since <laughs> 1983 or something. So I'm with you. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to talk about Beatles esque songs. We, we're ruling out things like pastiches, parodies, the music from the Ed Sullivan DVD menu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> Drop that now. <laughs> Something like that. Like they took Ticket to Ride and chopped it up and put it in a hat and reassembled it with less yeah. talented musicians. They Mr. Kited uh, Ticket to Ride. That's exactly it. <laughs> About time. Well, uh, you want to go first, TJ? Do you do you have a, a Beatles-esque banger? Sure. The one I was going to talk about is one that we mentioned on our last Beatles bangers, but didn't include it as a selection. I would venture to say it's the song that most casual Beatles fans automatically assume is a Beatles song, and that's, of course, you know, the theme to Friends. 
Rembrandt. Very Rem- Beatles. The Rembrandts. It is kind of Beatles. The friends. I'm not talking about that right now. But as I went for the joke, I'm like, oh, not funny because it's true. At any rate, Tony, mine is by a band that came from New Jersey. They were only around for a very brief time. They only had one major hit, another minor hit. They had label issues. Kind of almost, they were with a label that made Apple look like it was uh, uh, doing well. Because they were in a label that didn't know how to handle their promotion uh, and the distribution of their singles. And that song by the Knickerbockers is called Lies. I mean, obviously it's not a Beatles song, and people who've loved the Beatles forever know that, but that's not one where I'd be upset if like a casual fan was like, oh yeah, it's, is that the Beatles? I don't think any song sounds more like the Beatles. Uh, all And some of it, because this one came out in late 65, as opposed yeah. to like a song that sounds like the Beatles in the 80s, and the 90s, or the 70s, or what have you. But this one has always felt so Beatlesque to me. And it's not a pastiche and it's not a parody. It's an original tune. Their only hit. I love this song. I do too. I've always loved this song. I think the first version I ever heard was The Ventures. They did an instrumental version. Yeah, man. Then I sought out this one. And the vocals sound like John and Paul to me, you know, and they are doing versions. Like if you listen to early Knickerbocker stuff, they're doing kind of four seasons songs. Yes. <laughs> so singing about hot rods and yeah, they adjust. This is like Knickerbocker's 3.0. I think we're listening to <laughs> <laughs> the, the best, a little like Fast and the Furious. The best one's the third. <laughs> I've never seen any of those movies. I do often use the words Tokyo Drift as a joke, but I don't know what it means. I had that after Chipotle last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had Lombardi's Revenge. You had Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I learned this song from legendary Chicago radio segment, Who You Crappin', which was part of the <laughs> Boars and Bernstein show on the score Sports Radio 670. And they use this song as part of the intro where they do all these songs about lying. And this song comes in there ah. perfectly because who you crapping comes from a Mike Ditka phrase where he said, well, you're, you're the same guy that wrote about me when I did have the fire. That, that <laughs> was the wrong thing to do. So who you crapping? Well, I'm just asking. Crap no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I ever get from you. Right 
One of the great segments in Chicago radio history. I like animal stories. Well, you're old. <laughs> yeah. That's why we didn't use that drop when we talked about the animal stories in the White Album, part three. Here we are again, the animal stories news team anchorman up close and personal. Happy Valentine's Day to you, Tommy. Sorry, Lou Jack. Get out of here. Oh, he left in the <laughs> 80s? Okay. But yeah, I, I, I love that tune. I'll still put that on mixes. And obviously not a Beatles song, but I feel like it's so Beatles-y. I love this song, yeah. Now, imagine if it was a Beatles song. Imagine, though, the swing that Ringo would have added to this. Yeah. Because these guys are real, like, they're almost punk rock. They're very downstroke, like, almost ahead of the beat. There's none of that behind swagger that Ringo brought. Yeah, well, that's Andy White playing drums on this one. <laughs> like, exactly. George Martin walked into the session, kicked out the Knickerbockers drummer, who, oddly enough, was Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Ewing finds the hole! All right, I'll throw one into the ring. Beatlesque song. So the band that Jeff Lynn was in before ELO, one of them was called The Idol Race. And man, they got a lot of songs that sound Beatlesque, but also ELO-esque, if you will. They have a song called uh, Follow Me Follow that I quite like. Great, Tony. It sounded like it could have come off Odyssey and Oracle. It kind of has the that feel record, to yeah. it. Yeah, that's my first thought. Totally. Line. Yeah, right. It's, it's probably more zombie-esque, you're right, than Beatlesque. It's that thing, like, if you hear a Mellotron, what band do you think of? I think of the Beatles, because that's, I think, the first Mellotron I ever heard, Strawberry Fields. Yeah, that or Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> One of the two. Always getting confused. <laughs> We're going to put you down. We're going to put you down. We're at him. Why would you put anybody down? How did you hear the song, Tony? What was your, how did you find this song? I'm always curious about bands that guys were in before the big one. And then, yeah, Jeff Lynne, he later played with the, the move as well. Then he did ELO. Yeah. Sometimes you might find a cool song. So I, yeah, I dug it out and probably Wikipedia or whatever, the internet, you know, what was this other band? Listen to it. And yeah, there's a great retrospective out there. That's got all the songs. It's, it's cool. What year? When was, was this late sixties mm. or early seventies? Yeah. No, this is like late sixties. I think this feels like 68, probably around the time of Odyssey and Oracle. Like you said, totally to me, it sounds like a Paul melody line sung by a John like voice. And then the George harmony comes in there. It's real nice. I loved it. I'd never, I'd never heard of this band. I'd never heard that tune before. I was really glad to be enlightened in this one. So thank you, buddy. Thank you, man. Well, let's check out some listener submissions, huh? (laughs) 
Sorry, Tony, I gotta stop you right there. It's producer Casey here. To be totally transparent, this episode only ran a little bit longer than we planned, but we ran up against our deadline and we couldn't get the whole thing done this week. So we'll be back next week with the second half of our Beatlesque Bangers episode, including a whole bunch of fantastic listener submissions. We love doing these. If you've got a favorite Beatlesque song you'd like to submit for a future episode, go ahead and record yourself doing a 30-second intro about what you think makes it particularly beatly, and then email that to us at untitledbeatlespod at gmail.com, and we'll keep that on file for our next round. A couple more quick important things. One, thank you to our dedicated Patreon supporters who help make this show possible. More specifically, P3Z Nuts and I would like to thank our Star Club members, including Long Live George Harrison, Glenn K from Iowa, Matt Kuharski, Beetle Dave, aka DZ Keys, Susan from Baltimore, Bert Chide. Joanne S. David S. from Chicago. Max Como in Montreal. Matt Meyer from Spring Hill, Tennessee. Mick B. from Minnesota. Nowhere Doug Tabor. Stephen A. Mary Kate. Skyler. And new to the club this month, Mr. D. Sticker. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We could not do this show without you. And last but not least, it is March, and that can only mean one thing. It's time to crown a new beetle. Last year, our March Madness Beatle bracket named George Martin the official fifth Beatle, and this year, 32 contestants will duke it out for the coveted title of sixth Beatle. If you want to play along at home, you can download your own copy of our sixth Beatle bracket at untitledbeatlespodcast.com slash bracket. And you know, if you don't, you do you. I don't know, maybe college basketball is your thing? Untitled Beatles Podcast. Like and subscribe. 